Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Welcome to a new episode of Hacks and Hobbies. In this episode, I get to speak with my good friend, Robert Pearson. I'm not sure if he goes by Rob Pearson or Rob Pearson, but I've known him as Either is fine. Rob Pearson. Okay, awesome. And so I've met Rob Pearson back at um, working at Web Visible. This was many, many years ago, and we stayed connected over the years and uh, recently I was, I was like, let me reach out to Rob Pearson and see what he's up to. And I saw that he was running an awesome company and doing some things very similar to what some things that I want to get into. So I was like, hey, who better to ask and talk to than somebody who's already doing what um, I want to do in the future. So Rob, thank you so much for taking the time uh, and coming on to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, it's good to kind of talk to you again, and uh, you're doing some great things yourself, man. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's awesome. So tell me a little bit about um, Rare Review and how you came up with the idea and, and um, like where it all started. And before we get to that, like, how did, let's do a little backstory on, you know, what inspired you to get, get to that point? Yeah, so good questions. Rareview is a full service design and uh, marketing agency. So it's actually ran by my brother and I. My brother's the CEO and I'm the CMO. He runs the design and development side of the house and I run the marketing side of the house, mm -hmm. um, which makes it work pretty well. Yeah. Um, we, we have very different and unique skill set and, uh, we can still beat each other up and, uh, you know, what, what comes out is the best possible solutions for our clients. So it's pretty exciting. So kind of to back it up from there, what you're asking me is how did it, how did we even get here? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you said it in the opening, you and I worked together pretty early on in my career, um, at a, at another sort of digital agency, if you will. Um, and throughout my career, I've kind of always had that entrepreneurial bug, if you will. I, uh, in college, I launched a company with my brothers called Tattoobin, which was a full social network for tattoo enthusiasts. Mm. Um, so we launched that. We did that. I was working on it for eight years on the side. Um, it did great. And we, we ended up, uh, you know, selling that off, that, that entire business off to, you know, a, a full, call it tattoo magazine. Um, nice. Yeah, so it was pretty exciting, pretty fun. Um, all the while working kind of my way up through the corporate ranks. And so, you know, um, after Web Visible, you know, I, I moved on to, you know, a company called uh, Real Practice, where I was head of marketing. And then from there, I jumped over to like soul technology and fashion and design. So, uh, you know, working with Etnies and 32 and um, leverage that to kind of 
you know, moved me up to San Francisco and worked for Men's Warehouse running their entire digital and innovation, you know, group. And, nice. and that was fun. I mean, the corporate world is the corporate world. I think you and I both have a very similar uh, mentality of the corporate world. And um, it just wasn't a place where I ever felt comfortable. So, you know, I was able to excel because, you know, I love the work that I do. Um, but the structure of the corporate world never really fit for, you know, how I looked at innovation and how I looked at, you know, things that motivated me and how I wanted to move forward in my career. So, you know, getting a little bit of that entrepreneurial bug early on, um, kind of let in and kind of seeing the other side of it, the experience and the corporate world side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I had to go out on my own. It was just a matter of time before I could do it. So my brother and I were able to think up a couple of years ago and uh, really launch the full version of what Rareview is today. And we got together. Uh, we got, we actually, the way we did it is we got our first client together mm-hmm. um, and we worked on that client for about six or seven months. Uh, I worked on it part-time as I was working my full-time gig and he was working on it full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw how, how, how good we could do for these clients, like how much great work we could do, how much we love doing this. Um, as we all know, in the agency world, working with clients has its own different challenges. But um, when you're on your, your own boss, it's a whole different experience, right? Yeah, so I made the leap. It was a painful leap. So just to be clear, um, <laughs> I quit my job. I had two newborn twins at home and a four-year-old or three-year-old at the time. Yeah. And I quit my corporate job. I said, forget it. I'm out. Um, I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, life is too short and there's too much I want to put forth out there and get out there and do. And this wasn't my, my path. So um, I took pretty much a 50% cut in salary my first year out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I worked for myself, right? And so, yeah. you know, it was sink or swim and... Uh, my brother and I leverage that client to get other clients, you know, and continue to scale the marketing side of Rareview. Rareview, the, the nice thing we had is Rareview had been around for, um, you know, 13 plus years and, as a design firm. So we had a really good treasure trove of clients we could go after and really scale out the marketing and brand side of our house, the creative advertising piece. And so... Um, you know, Rearview had built itself up to be a, a pretty great, to have a pretty great reputation. And so um, about five or six years ago when we launched mm-hmm. it, the, the marketing and brand side, we were able to really, you know, go after those clients. And in, in, in the first year, we brought on 10 to 15 clients and we've been tripling business ever since. Nice. That's, yeah, see, that's amazing. Well, with, not without a lot of pain. <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> right. There's you always know? that pain, right? The growing pain. Because yep. just looking at an example of um a seed, you know, the seed the seedling has to break through the outer shell to come out of that seed and then start growing. And they have to, you know, face all these adversity grown out of the soil. So yeah, those growing pains are there no matter what stage of business or growth of that we're at. So yeah, absolutely, man. There's no pain, no gain, right? That's what they say. Exactly. And I think there's a, there's a mental threshold, right? So I think for me, uh, you know, people have different filters and different levels of 
stress and um, risk that they're willing to take, right? And for me, um, I, I personally just wasn't okay with being in this like senior corporate role for the rest of my career. It just, mm-hmm. I didn't want to spend 20 years at a company um, getting paid to not do the work that I was super passionate about. And so, you know, there's no such thing as a good time to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's either you just do it or you don't. And so my pain threshold was, um, am I willing to forgive and partake like, money and salary and benefits and all these great things for going out and being an entrepreneur and doing my own thing and having the freedom to, to, you know, really like expand and grow and learn. And, um, for me, it wasn't even a question in my mind. It was just a matter of time, um, and experience. And so, you know, uh, it was painful for everyone involved in it in the sense of obviously like we didn't have the benefits that I had. We didn't have, you know, the salary and income that I had, yeah. but I had the freedom, right? If I yes. wanted to go home at two thirty on a Tuesday, I could do whatever I wanted. So exactly. to me, that was more valuable. No, that's, than cash. that's so true because, and I've, I've faced that many times myself, like, especially when working for a company, you're like, Oh, um, you know, there's this event or you got to take your kids to, to the hospital or they want to go to, to have a, to have a day off. And uh, what what I started noticing is I I'm spending two hours commuting every day. By the time I come home, you know the kids need to eat food, finish their homework, get to bed. There's no playtime. And in yeah. winter times, it's even worse because it's dark out. You it's can't worse, yeah. a whole lot worse. And and in summertime, you're like, all right, we have some daylight, we can go play outside. But then you look at the time, like, all right, you got to get to bed. <laughs> it kind of screws with your mind, but, but having this freedom where like, all right, uh, I'm done with what I wanted to do today. I have a set schedule that, you know, I'm getting these things out and as soon as I'm done, I can go hang out with my kids, you know, build a Lego toy or something or, or, um, you know, work on a video that they want to do something and, um, you know, go check on the bees. So you have a lot of that freedom, but then again, to get to that point, there's a lot of, there's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of thinking through, you know, I've got to do this. I got to do this. I got to this, have this ready, got to have, you know, and then you also look at automation and, you know, who can help me and building those connections. Cause I think building the connections into moving forward is, is very super essential, especially when you're, when you're a freelancer or when you're running your own business. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you nailed it on the head. I think the two things that are the most important um, out of all of this is, from from my perspective, is one thing I learned kind of, I guess, you know, both of them, I guess, I learned the hard way, <laughs> in essence. Um, wh- one is, at the end of the day, uh, if you spend all your hours working in the business, then you lose the perspective of working on the business. and. Yes. And we often say that to each other, that how much time today do we spend in the business versus on the business, right? And so you really have to have a defined goal of what you're trying to accomplish. For instance, like every quarter, I know revenue targets I'm trying to hit. I know how many customers I want. I've got my 15 dream clients, right, that I'm going after. And and so I've really got a strategic view of how 
I see this business evolving over the next, call it five years. And, and let's just call it to, to back that up the next year, the next three years, the next five years. Yeah. Um, and how I get there. Right. And, and sometimes that's a client that no longer fits and you got to fire them and that may hurt. Right. Because that, I don't know, $10,000 a month or $25,000 a month or whatever that number is like yeah. it at such a small stage in your business is crucial to success. So you've really got to think through, you know, more of the strategic view of the business and work on like the direction of where you want that business to go and how you're communicating the ethos of that business versus like the day to day, you know, I've got to do X, Y, and Z. But it also brings up the secondary thing that you just talked about is, you know, you've really got to be wise with your time. Right. So, um, I, we don't spend a lot of time screwing around. Um, the beauty of what you, you brought up earlier is I've got three kids at home all under four years old, right? So I'm usually out of the office by 4.30 every day. Yeah. And I'm home and we're outside and my son's riding his bike and my other two kids are playing. And as soon as I get home, I'm like, everyone get their shoes on. We're going outside, right? Exactly. So, yeah. but that's time I'm never going to get back. I mean, yeah. like I said earlier, life is short, right? So that to me is more valuable than sitting in a job at three thirty in the afternoon going, I'm just sitting here to be here versus yeah. like, you know, really excited about the freedom that I have to, to, to live my life. And, you know, while I'm at work, I get 40 times more done. And we have a very, we use, you know, to your point earlier, we use a couple of tools that are really, really, you know, exclusive to the way that we work. And those tools, our task managers, their, you know, uh, to-do lists, their, you know, client things, their, you know, things we need to do to work on Rareview. There's things we need to do to like build our, our marketing and, and our brand. And right. And so it's priorities and, you know, it's time. Exactly. No, that's, that's absolutely, absolutely accurate <clears throat> and, and very clear cut because it, it all comes down to, okay, how am I spending my time? And and a lot of the people that I've talked on the podcast, you know, they, they've gone through that same struggle, the same pathway. You know, I wanna I wanna have more time for my family because we work, right? We are working our day jobs to provide for our family, to provide that shelter, to provide a place where they can come and call home. But then if we're not spending any time with these kids, right, it's no way to live a life. One thing. Yeah, it's not, it's not, how, I, it's not how I would want to live my life, right? Like I'm a family guy. Obviously, I'm running a family business. I love my kids and I want them to grow up, you know, knowing that not only can they work for themselves and do what they want, but that being around and being a part of their lives is, is important, right, for me as their father. So, exactly. I, you know not that people in the corporate world don't think that way or, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying the opposite is true either. I'm just saying no. for me, that's a priority. Right. Yeah, and so, yeah, exactly. you know, if that, if that means I'm forsaking, I don't know, let's call it 25 or 30 grand of a salary, then to me that money is worth it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. everyone has different priorities though. I would say from a, from a motivator perspective, mm. money's pretty low on my list, meaning okay. like yeah. it's not a top, driver for me obviously i if i would love to make more money and more money and more money that's that's obviously the goal of 
mm-hmm. of building your own business. Yeah. But it's not the motivator. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that the question comes up is everybody wants to be wealthy, right? And and this is something that um, I picked up from Tony Robbins. It's like, all right, well, what what is wealthy for you, right? It's It all comes down to, okay, are you comfortable, right? Do you have debts? No. Is all your expenses paid? Yes. Do you have time and freedom to do what you want to do? Yes. Well, then, then that's that's the that's the American dream, right? And that's what a lot of people are aiming for. You know, getting that, getting to that dream where they have no debt, they have time to play with their kids, and they have the expenses paid and a little bit on the top that they can go out and do vacation and whatnot. Yeah, I I think you said it right. Like wealthy is in my eyes, wealthy is a state of mind, not a monetary value. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think I think we often get that confused. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's easy to say wealthy and you look at like the top wealth guys. Right. And yeah. you can look at anyone you want and you can pretty much find anyone out there that's doing what you're doing or has more than what you have. Right. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, to me, our the biggest demotivator in life is comparing yourself to other people. And for me, the biggest motivator in my life is is pushing myself to constantly learn and grow and do things differently and and make sure that I'm not falling into the trap of monotony every day and yeah. and that goes with like my family and my kids and my business and and work and everything right and so exactly wealthy to me is is happiness it's not it's not a monetary thing like of course money makes things easier and so Obviously, I'd love to continue to to have money, and I'd like to be at a point where money is of no more relevance in the sense of I've got enough money to do whatever I need forever, and that that's yeah. great. And what that monetary value is is different for everyone. Oh yeah. But you know, I think what often gets lost in that conversation, and and I think what I've learned over the last couple of years being out as an entrepreneur is it's really more about the process. And so what I mean by that is like, it's always cool to say like, that guy's got, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And if I did, I would feel X, Y, and Z and whatever. And the grass is always greener on the other side. And then if you had a hundred million dollars, you'd be like, why does everybody hate me? And I don't have any real friends and I'm not happy. Right. So I'm just saying there's always going to be something. So I think life is about Going through the process and understanding that process, and you brought it up, like debt, debt is a huge dr- driver in this economy, and mm-hmm. everything we're kind of taught and sold throughout our life is like, get a credit card here, buy a house, be in yeah. debt, get yeah. a car, like, yeah. right? And so I think if you learn the process of how to manage your money and live debt-free and understand the relevance of what comes in, you know, where it goes and how you scale and budget and, and save and invest and grow. Yeah. And, and I think that's a process, right? And, it is. Yeah. and in my mind, you build your business the same way, right? And it's all a process. And if you're able to figure out that process and do it really, really well and get control of that process, then wealth is no longer your goal. Your goal is to become the best version of yourself. Yeah, and that process helps you get there. If if you're wishing the process to work, like I wish I'm going to win a hundred million tomorrow in the lotto, like that's great. No, we all wish that, right? Yeah. There's 
I don't know, what, 7 billion people on this planet that are wishing the same thing you are. <laughs> so but there's only, towards it. you know, 10% or less of them that are actually going through the process to get there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, somebody said, you know, the grass is greener where you water it. So if you think the grass is greener, that's a good other, point. well, that's because they've been watering it. So you need to start watering on your grass. And the way you do that is by working on yourself, on working, you know, set a goal on what you want to do with your life and achieve it because everything is possible. Right. And uh, for anyone. Right. And, yeah. and so I think, I think you just have to learn a process that works for you for whatever goal you're trying to achieve. If that means getting yourself out of the debt, you need to pick, you need to learn how to budget and you need to learn how to pay off your debt. And you need to learn that going forward, you can't have debt. So you should credit up your credit cards. Right. And there's a whole process that you got to go through. If you're trying to build a business, you got to learn what is your goal? What are you trying to hit? If that number is, I don't know, let's call it 500,000. How do you back into that number? So yeah. if I've got 500,000 clients, I, or if I have $500,000 in revenue that I'm aiming for in my first year, yeah. how many clients does that mean? How much do I need to make every month? And yeah. as you learn this process, you learn like, okay, I know that every month I need to sign two new clients and those yeah. clients need to pay me 20K a month, yeah. right? And yeah. so... What that does is it prevents you from going down routes that you were never intended to go down. So what I mean by that is if I'm going to start my own business, like for you, for instance, like you were going out there, you want to, you know, build on design and, and data and marketing and, and build this foundation, right? Yeah. If you take a bunch of $3,000 clients, like you're going to spend all your time managing 15K in revenue yeah. and not growing your business ever versus saying like, I'm sorry, like if you want to work with me, you pay X amount and this is what the value you get. And yeah. what ends up happening is, you know, you prevent yourself from going down that path, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, really, really yeah. good points. Thank you so much. Sure. Cool, man. This was really, you know, not, not only was it eye-opening because I've been going through this process. I've been, I've been watching other people, not other people, but other professionals or other entrepreneurs and and how they run their businesses and how they're there's a whole process to like you mentioned you, know, you got to know the process just like we learn let's take driving for example right you you learn the process of how to drive you you know take classes you you figure it out okay you need to make sure that mirrors are right you you your seat is correct and you can see and uh then you then you know all the different tools that are available to you when you're driving a car. So yeah, got to know that process. Got to know the navigation points to get to your destination. Yeah, that's, I think you nailed it. And, and like you said, you know, car enthusiasts, right? Going off the driving thing, they, they don't essentially love it for, you know, always the car in the sense of obviously they love the craftsmanship and, and, the quality that goes into building these like unbelievable cars, whether it's a, you know, 1956 like Chevy truck or a, you know, 2018 like Ferrari, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, yeah. but it's also, they love it because the way that the car handles on the road, right? The car's yeah. worthless unless yeah. you can get it out and drive it on the road. Right. So exactly. 
that's what life's about, right? Like you've got to have that path and that road to drive your car down. And we all have it in us to do it. We just got to get out there and do it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We just got to do it. Nike said it best. Just do yeah. it. <laughs> You're one of my favorite brands. I think, yeah. I think they've done a great job in, in kind of speaking the message of we're all athletes and they're just a tool to help us be better at what we are. And that's mm -hmm. in today's world, that's where brands fit the best as, as guides. We're the hero of the story and they're our guide, right? Yeah. So if we can position ourselves and our brands that way, then we're the guide to the customer and whom, whatever problem we're trying to solve. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So this is a good point. Let's uh, have some questions for you that ask yeah, my guess what is one hobby that you wish you got into i mean i i've always dreamt about playing the piano i never had the time i actually i picked a couple different instruments when i was younger we had to play um and i'm a huge music enthusiast mm -hmm. um i now i'm using my kids right so when my kids are old enough they're gonna have to play it and one of them is gonna have to play the piano so i can learn with them but that's like one hobby um, I'm going to learn. Uh, and it's one I owe my entire life. I've always wished that I knew. <laughs> yeah. For me that the one hobby that I wish I got into or did more of is horseback riding. And for the longest time I was like oh, oh, awesome. horseback riding. And I think the last time I did ride was on my honeymoon back in Maui. I was like, I'm going to go again. I'm, so every year I say, okay, I'm going to go horseback riding. It's been like 13 years and I haven't gone back again. So hopefully uh, make that happen sometime in the future. Because <laughs> uh, I adore... Daddy, that's pretty cool. Adore horses. They're, they're just an amazing animal. All right. What is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book? Yeah, so big fan. Uh, you know, I guess I watch a lot of TV and read a lot of books. TV show that's kind of tough. TV show, I, I would say one of my favorites. You know, I'm gonna go back to the traditional. It's like, you know, Game of Thrones. You can't go wrong. Yeah. With that show, but I will tell you, I'm I'm really passionate about reading, and one of my favorite books that lives in my nightstand is Creative Mind and Success by Ernest Holmes. Nice. It may be the single best book I've ever read. And if you will, it's the one book that sits in my nightstand at all times. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I'll have to look Yeah, up, it's look pretty that, spectacular. Fantastic. The one book about creativity that I've picked up recently um, was just came out, I think, late last year called The Creative Curve by Alan Gannett. So if you get a chance, check that one out. Yeah, I'll have to read it. I haven't read that one. That's that's awesome. Yeah, the, the most recent one that I've read that I fell in love with was Ego is the Enemy by uh, Ryan Holiday. Okay. That sounds... Another amazing book. Yeah, sounds really good. Awesome. Talking about books, uh, the one book that I'm reading right now, and it's it kind of jives in into what you and I both are doing with what we love to do and you know doing our own thing, and it's called um, Die Empty by Todd Henry and he talks about how oh, interesting how all you know people have so many dreams and so many wishes they're like oh I wish I had done this and uh, how you know you when you die you have all these aspirations and dreams in your head but if you actually take them up 
and listen to that little voice and go through with it and give it all you got, then you will you will not have a regret when you're on your deathbed, essentially. Sounds like an amazing book. I'll, I'll read it. Awesome. So this one is one of my favorite questions, mainly because for the past 10 years, Marvel has blown it, <laughs> done an amazing job. Who is your <laughs> superhero? <laughs> and it can be DC too, doesn't matter. Oh, absolutely. It could be DC, it could be, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say like these uh, superhero movies are breaking like movie records at unbelievable rates. Yes. I've never, we've, you know, we've never seen this in the history of the movie, uh-huh. you know, of cinema. Anyway, the superhero that I would be, and it's probably not the common one that that's mm. brought up, but I would be the flash. Mm. Flash. He's yeah. The fastest yeah, man my... <laughs> who's who's yeah. to everything. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I, <laughs> it couldn't be a better fit for my life, right? I, the, my, my ongoing thing is, uh, you know, I'm built for speed. I'm a runner. Uh, I, you know, I'm currently training for the Boston Marathon. So nice. the Flash couldn't be more relevant in my life on multiple formats, you know. But to me, having time-changing speed mm-hmm. uh, changes everything. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm a huge fan of Flash as well, mainly because <laughs> they did the TV show, right? There's an ongoing TV show called The Flash on CW. And um, yep. it's it's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm, I look forward to those episodes every week. Like, what's going on? You know, which, what's, what are they going to do this year or this season? It's been pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great. And uh, just, you know, the character alone is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right. If you were a board game, what would it be? Oh man, Candyland. Candyland. I've never heard of that <laughs> board game before. <laughs> oh God! If you haven't, you gotta go go get it on Amazon. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. You know, it's it's a childhood game. Um, funny, it's funny that you brought that up. Uh, literally, it's just you go down this candy path and you yeah. pull, you know, different cards, and it's a pretty simple game. Um, yeah. And I say that because. I think of life in the same way, right? It is life is a path um, and you're often distracted by sweet things. Mm -hmm. But if you stay on your path, you know, you get to the castle at the end uh, with all the rewards. Yeah. And so, and on top of it, my son thinks it's the greatest game of all time. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, yeah. Andy, like my (laughs) my son, they always ask me, right? We we, take him for swimming and on the way back, like, Oh, can we get some candy? Do you have any candy today? Can I get some Dum Dums or some uh, Smarties or (laughs) all these different candies? It's cool. Exactly. Awesome, man. All right. So where can my audience find you and uh, learn more about what you're up to? Yeah. uh, So you can find us. You can go to rareview.com, R-A-R-E-V-I-E-W.com and check us out where, you know, you can find all my information there. You can find me on in LinkedIn at Robert Pearson, but you know I'm always available. I'm always willing to to talk to people and help them through the process. I think eighty uh, percent of our lives should be giving back, right? So oh, absolutely, you know, go check me out on LinkedIn. Find me on social on Instagram. I'm Pearson Seventeen on, you know, Twitter. I'm Rob's Reason, and uh, I'm out there. You know, so awesome. uh, feel free to go out there and, and find me. 
Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be sharing those links in the in the show notes so people can get to you cool. quickly. Cool, man. This was really awesome. Oh. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It was great catching up. I think you know the questions you had are pretty remarkable, and, and thanks for doing what you do. Uh, I appreciate it, sir. This is this is great. Have a good day. All right. All right. You too. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today.